Welcome to Lou's Lips, all the things you wanted to say but didn't know how to say it. Today's topic is Russia, Russia falling down, or was it ever really up? Russia has been in the news for quite some time now due to their war in Ukraine. Of course, this has placed a spotlight on a country that we used to all fear, fear of its size, fear of its nuclear arsenal, fear of just what we were told as kids. But the war in Ukraine has opened up many eyes in that despite its size, Russia is not only all talk, but is not what we were told, and in fact, really is only a paper tiger. So I want to take this time to look into why the world thought Russia was a superpower. So when you think of the word superpower, you have to understand that Russia was considered a superpower for most of the 20th century, especially during the Cold World War era, when it was then a global rivalry with the United States. Now, a superpower is a state that has a dominant position in the international system and the ability to influence events and project power on a worldwide scale. Some of the factors that contribute to a superpower status are its military strength. Now, Russia was thought to have one of the largest and most powerful militaries in the world, with a nuclear arsenal of more than 5,900 warheads, a modernized and sophisticated air force and navy, and a large and well-trained army. Russia also has the permanent seat at the UN Security Council, which gives it veto power over major international decisions. Since the Ukraine war, it has been proved that strength does not come in numbers. Russia has mobilized a lot of its nation, but this does not equate to military strength or even readiness. This has been shown and proven in the Ukraine war, with many of the Russia elites getting blown out rather swiftly. Now, you also have to look at economic power. Russia is one of the world's largest producers and exporters of oil and natural gas, which gives it leverage over energy markets and other countries that depend on its supplies. Now, Russia also has an abundance of natural resources, such as metals, minerals, timber, and land, that make it self-sufficient and resilient to external shocks. Now, you would think this would be the case. Now, during the beginning of the war, much of Europe depended on Russia for gas and oil. Many European countries stopped using Russian oil and gas in protest of the invasion. This hurt the economic stability of Russia and depleted a lot of the emergency fund that was used to stabilize the country. As we enter into the third year of the war, you have to wonder how much longer Russia will be able to maintain the country in the state that it is currently and how it was previously. Many also say that the Ukraine war put Russia in a weakened state 
and is ripe for other neighboring countries to either take over or take back territories that Russia once claimed. It will be interesting to see what happens, especially with Russia having no military on a home front and concentrating all that they have in Ukraine. Now, if you look at political influence, Russia has a strong and charismatic leader in Vladimir Putin, who has been in power since 1999 and enjoys high popularity among the Russians. Now, Putin has pursued an assertive and sometimes aggressive foreign policy, seeking to restore Russia's prestige and influence in regions such as Eastern Europe, the Middle East, Central Asia, and the Arctic. Russia also has allies and partners in various international organizations, such as the Shanghai Cooperation Organization, the BRICS Group, and the Eurasian Economic Union. Now, I have to say this in the current sense, but in reality, this is now in the past tense. Since Russia started the war with Ukraine, there are many nations that now look upon Russia as weak and in a terrible state. Many nations that once looked to Russia for security are now seeing that they are not great partners and are looking elsewhere. There is very little influence that Russia can yield in Eastern Europe or even the Asian countries as now that it has been proved that Russia is weak. I do believe that there are many Eastern countries that look to see what they can get from Russia now in its weakened state. Will China take back Siberia? Will they invade and take what they believe is rightly theirs? After all, if they did, Russia is in a poor spot to try and defend themselves in such a state or even the region. So let's also look at the cultural and scientific achievements. Now, Russia, Russia actually has a rich and diverse culture with long history of contributions to literature, music, art, philosophy, and religion. Russia also has world-class scientific capability with achievements in fields such as space exploration, nuclear physics, mathematics, medicine, and computer science. Now, Russia is home to many Nobel laureates, renowned universities, and research institutes. During the start of the war, many of these most educated Russians had left the country. Leaving Russia was not only the uneducated, but the ones that have little motivation to believe that there is a life outside of Russia little culture, little contributions that can aid in the drop in the arts or even in philosophy or religion. Basically, Russia is left with the citizens that depend on the state for their livelihood. And this goes not only for the poor, but also for the military state, as well as the politicians that are left. These are the people that depend on the corrupt state of Russia to fund their lifestyles and they stay due to not believing or insisting that change is for the better. However, 
Russia also faces many challenges and limitations that prevent it from being a true superpower in the 21st century. Now, some of these are the actual economic stagnation. Now, Russia's economy has been suffering from low growth rates, high inflation, corruption, sanctions, and dependence on oil and gas revenues. Russia's GDP per capita is much lower than that of other developed countries, and its human development index is below the world average. Russia also lacks innovation and diversification in its economy, relying mostly on state-owned enterprises and natural resource extraction. Think about it. Russia is known for alcohol abuse. And recently, I even discovered there is high HIV rate in the country. Corruption is rampant in the country, starting with Putin himself. So if you look at the average Russian, their poverty level is on, poor, is on par with actually some of the poorest nations. Think in terms of African and Asian countries. Now, their demographic decline Russia's population has been shrinking since the 1990s due to low birth rates, high mortality rates, immigration, and health problems. Russia's life expectancy is among the lowest in Europe, especially for men. Russia also faces ethnic and religious tensions within its multi-ethnic and multi-confessional society as well as separatist movements in regions such as Chechnya and Dagestan. The interesting part is that Russia does have a multi-ethnic nation. But if you look deeper, Russia does not respect the, the multi-ethnic community and throws them into the meat grinder for the Ukraine war first, as they don't believe they are true or pure Russians. It would be one thing if the majority of the troops serving in Ukraine were from St. Petersburg or Moscow, but no, these troops are from the poorest and ill-deserved sections of Russia. Maybe, maybe they're trying to deplete their culture and leave on what they call only the true Russians left. It always amazes me how the Russian community will take what is told to them with little pushback or determination of will to even mouth the word no. But then it goes with the education that is given to the Russians. Because when you think about it, they are not given education. They are brainwashed. And from an early age at that. Look at what Putin is doing now to the grade books and history books in the education system. He is brainwashing the youth in elementary school on how he envisions history, on how he believes he is right, on how he believes that Ukraine is part of Russia, with little resistance at such a young age. You are creating a generation that is not allowed to think any differently. So think about also international isolation. Russia's relations with many countries have deteriorated in recent years due to its involvement in conflicts such as Ukraine, Syria, Georgia, and Libya. 
Russia has been accused of violating international law, human rights, democracy, and sovereignty of other states. Russia has also been targeted by sanctions from the U.S., the EU, NATO, and other countries that have harmed its economy and diplomacy. Russia has few allies that can match its power or share its interests on the global stage. But isolation is justified and will be here for many years to come. Many people not only look at Russia as a lost country, but the people of Russia as well. True, not everyone in Russia may think or have the same views, but it says something that you would stay in a country and be brainwashed. It says something when you will stay in a country and not speak about what is wrong in your country. It says something when you accept, and yes, if you stay, you are in acceptance, that the invasion and brutality inflicted upon the Ukrainians is justified. Russia is definitely not a superpower, nor has it ever been. It may have looked like it on a paper. The Ukraine war has shown how truly weak Russia truly is and the amount of corruption that is rampant in the country. Therefore, Russia is no longer a superpower that can challenge or compete with the U.S. or China on equal terms. Russia is more of a mm, strategic spoiler than a strategic leader in the international system. Now, if Russia collapses due to its invasion of Ukraine, and the turmoil that the country is facing, it provides an interesting scenario. Now, in this case, you would have political fragmentation. Russia could collapse into several new states based on its existing regions, ethnic groups, or political factions. This could be triggered by a military defeat in Ukraine, a popular uprising, a coup, or a secession crisis. Some of the new states could seek independence, while others could align with neighboring countries or form new alliances. For example, some analysts have predicted that Russia could split into 20 new states if the Russian Federation collapses. So when you think about it, when the USSR collapsed, there were several countries that emerged. And we would probably be seeing the same thing happening here. Is it a bad thing? I think not. It would be interesting to see how the states prevail and who would gain power and what the states would actually even do for sustenance in order to survive. Think about it. What does Russia have and where? Russia's main export is oil and gas, and there are minerals as well. But they are mostly combined in one or a couple of regions. When you think about it, Russia evolving into many states, it is not good for the people in the regions, as many would be left without any means of support. But then again, the people of Russia are used to that. There will be even more and obvious third world states emerging. Come to think of it, it is probably the poor that would fare better than the elite because the elite would lose their status and the poor would go on as before 
because they know no better. In terms of an economic crisis, Russia could face a severe economic crisis marked by a default on its debts, a collapse of its currency, a loss of its oil and gas revenues, and a decline in its living standards. This could be caused by Western sanctions, low oil prices, corruption, mismanagement, or even isolation from global markets. Some experts have warned that Russia's economic situation could be worse than the chaos of the 1990s or even the 1918 revolution. This would be evident in the many states that would evolve as the Russia empire collapses. And to be honest, I sit here saying this with glee because yes, corruption would still be evident because you would want to be strong to survive, but to think of all the mob in the country fighting for control over who gets what in terms of the natural resources that are in the country and soon to be different states makes me laugh. There would be a bloodbath in the country since no one would want to be left out. And to be honest, it is nothing less of what they deserve, not only for the corruption that they have taken from the people for years, but will show just how desperate they are and will be in order to survive. Yes, the living standards would decline, but not for the poor, for the elite. And I don't know if they would even be able to handle that. So think about even the military instability. Russia could experience a military instability characterized by a mutiny, a coup, a civil war, or a nuclear accident. This could be provoked by a loss of morale, a a lack of resources, a power struggle, or an external threat. Some of the, the risks include the proliferation of nuclear weapons, the use of chemical or biological weapons, the involvement of foreign powers, or the escalation of regional conflicts. Now, this threat is real in terms of nuclear arsenal. One, we don't know who would get the nukes. And then two, you don't know if they will be trigger happy and push the button just for the sake of power. In terms of military instability, This is already taking place as the world now sees that Russia does not have a true military. And if the country were to split, the military would be made up of regions of where the new states are defined and basically would be on concerning the residents of such states. This is happening now with the conscription, and one knows that this has not been successful. There has been much talk of a coup taking place, but this has not happened as of yet. The closest was when Prigozhin was going to storm Moscow, but that failed. It just gives to reason that if it is on Prigozhin's mind, it is on others as well. Think of cultural and scientific decline. Russia could suffer a cultural and scientific decline manifested by a loss of its identity, its influence, its achievements, and its innovation. This could be influenced by a brain drain, a censorship, a repression, or even a lack of education. Some of the impacts include the erosion of its literature, 
music, art, philosophy, religion, space exploration, nuclear physics, mathematics, medicine, and computer science. It has been said that at the start of the war, many of Russia's brightest left the country, and now you are left in the country with people obviously not so bright. If the country were to collapse, what does this say as the state of the affairs of not only the country, but its education of the citizens that are left? We already see that they are brainwashing students at a young age. Now, in terms of scientific advancement, without Western influence within their domestic state, it is unlikely that the Russians will advance very far, as it is evident with their weaponry on the battlefield now. It is obvious that this war between Ukraine and Russia is in the forefront of the world now because of the status that was perceived of Russia by many, even myself. What was once thought to be a superpower is no more. What was once accepted is no longer accepted. People now look at Russia as a failed state with their education, with their ruble, with their status, and even in their boundaries. It is also in the forefront how Russia is run with their obvious corruption, mob mentality, gang structure, and even allowing one man to run the country for such a long time without checks and balances in place. The world is watching to see what happens when Putin either dies or is overthrown. It is obvious Russia will not last in the state they are in, and it is even more inevitable that it will be the elite that will suffer this time around. More than the people, karma will be their justice, and it couldn't happen to a better group of people. That's all for now. Thanks for listening to Lose Lips. Until the next time.